take your Bibles to Lamentations chapter 3, and I'll get there in a minute. Um, about eight weeks ago, I'm off on my timing. Time has just been a blur lately. It's probably been longer than that. Beginning of May, somewhere in there, uh, Logan developed a cough. Nobody freaks out about a cough. It's just a cough. So went to the doctor, and they did, of course, what they would do, a COVID test to make sure he didn't have COVID, doctor's visits, and they checked him for infections and all the other stuff, and they just said, it's, we can't find anything that's causing the cough, so uh, it just really needs to run its course and, and things. So um, five, six weeks later, he's still coughing. We had no idea, but um, Logan was getting ready to graduate during that time. And I remember the night before his graduation practice, he said, Dad, I, I've got to go there, and I'm coughing every, you know, 20, 30 seconds. And he says, nobody's going to want me in there, and they're all protective, COVID, and don't get around people, and all this other stuff. So it was like, man, you've got to be there. So the night before, we're like praying, God help him not to cough. We put a vaporizer in his room. We, you know, we just all all these things, just trying to make sure he could get through practice for, for his graduation. We didn't want him missing that. And, and so God did show him grace. He graduated, and this led to four weeks of us having a son with a cough and going through um, all sorts of um, adventures as a family. We had Mother's Day and Father's Day and family vacation, and he had a trip down to Alabama, and just a lot of things going on in his life, and God really took care of us through all that. And during those four weeks, after he graduated, after everything was going on, before a vacation, um, he's up in the sound booth. He was sitting right there. And uh, Logan turns to the other guys and he says, it's really hot. And they say, yeah, it's, it's always hot in the balcony just because the heat rises up there and stuff. And then in seconds later, Logan passed out. They didn't know that he passed out. He just slumped over and leaned on Richard. And Richard like kind of grabbed him and said, are you okay, bud? And then he slumped over the other way. They called the safety team. I mean, it's fine. I mean, weird things happen. So they che- checked his blood sugar. We scheduled an appointment. The doctor laid him down and sat him up, and they checked his blood pressure again, and it was different. The doctor was just like, I, I mean, that, that could be anything, but just to make sure, I'd like to, I'd like to schedule you for an EKG. And so they brought him back. They did an EKG. Uh, just, it was just a little off. You know, just, it wasn't major, but enough for, you guys, I hope you're tuning in to what's happening here. All things work together for good. When the little things you're just saying, do you realize that it could have been that we didn't know any of this, but just little thing, little thing, little thing along the way. And so uh, the EKG was enough to uh, bring him to the heart doctor at Children's Hospital. And that, that was when our world got turned upside down. The doctor took out his stethoscope and he was checking Logan. He said, man, you must work out. He goes, why is that? He goes, he goes I, I can barely hear your heart through your chest. And uh, he said, a lot of guys that work out, they have that muscle buildup and stuff like that. And he said, he said well, we're, we're, you know, just because things are off. So they did an x-ray and they came back in the room with the x-ray and his heart was moved. His heart literally was not in the right place. And they showed us this. He said, okay, this is where the heart normally sits. And you can see this is his heart right here. And, and they showed Jenny and, and then they, they did an echocardiogram and they came and they saw enough to know that there was a mass in his chest. I was sitting in my office, it was that Monday, and uh, I, 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 I had no plans to hear news like that. Jenny called me up and she said, she's crying, she said, they just found a mass in his chest, they don't know what it is. I printed it out, they went down there, and then test, test, test. 
They came back in and they said, this is serious. It's putting stress on his heart. It's a mass. It's not just a small tumor. Uh, it's in his chest. They say, you have to understand, it's pressing on his lungs, his heart, his airways, everything. It's, it's just in there in such a spot that it's complicated. He said, it's, it's, it's not a good situation. Of course, we're asking, is it cancer? They said, no, we're not jumping to that conclusion. I mean, it's in, in the spot. It could be a number of things that it could be. So they did a PET scan. They did a CT scan. They, they're, 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 they, they scheduled him for a bone marrow biopsy. They scheduled him for the chest biopsy. All these things were complicated because they couldn't put him under anesthesia because of the fact is his heart was distressed, so all these things. But anyways, our situation got heightened in, in, in minutes. And, and, and I know that this is no shock. I'm not repeating anything that a lot of you haven't known. But I, I can tell you that through all of this, we, we had a wave of emotions. We, we, went from the, we went from a doctor's visit to the being put in the ER straight to the ICU. When they're bringing you to the ICU, I'm just like, okay, that's where, that's where critical people, that's where, I mean, things are intense. And they were like, things are intense. We don't even know, you know, how things are going. And I'll, I'll be honest, at that, my, at that point in my heart and mind, I'm, I'm thinking my son might not leave the hospital because they said it's not, he can't go, have an operation. His heart's not even able to have an operation. We don't know if chemo's going to affect this. They ran the test, they came back. They said it's not any of the things that we thought it would be. There's question marks, question marks, question marks. Scary. I don't have to tell this to any parent in here. I'd rather have been me 10 times over. Just, it's my kid and and the idea. And I'm not, can I be just honest? I mean, can I, I just, I don't need any judgment, Okay. I need to share my heart and I need to be transparent because fake doesn't help anybody. But I'm a pastor and I deal with a lot of sickness. I deal with a lot of death. It's easy when you hear those words to think negative thoughts. You know, it's like people die and then people stand back and say, well, God gave them dying grace. Can I be honest? I don't want dying grace for my kid. I want living miracle. And, and I'm not saying that I'm not praying for the will of God because I don't know what God's going to do. I'm just being honest. It's, and, I, and I struggle with that. And I'm, I'm going and my mind's gravitating towards, I can't sit in that seat like I've seen so many other families and walk past a casket. I can't, I can't do that. That can't be me. And all of a sudden, my mind is going to a lot of dark places. I'm in, I, I've got a very dark cloud over me. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling the pressure. I'm walking into darkness. I'm very uncomfortable. And I'm feeling it. And let me tell you, that feeling isn't just like, you know, the bad news. It's all right. It's all right. No, I mean, it, it hovers over you. It goes with you. It, 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 it weighs on you. Lamentations is a book of lamenting. It's a weird book. It was when they were brought into exile and, and they were they wrought out of their land and the, the children of Israel had sinned and they were brought into Babylonian captivity and there's a lot of bad things going on. And, and some people understood what was happening because they rebelled against God and some of them, they were reaping the benefits of just other people's sins. It was, it was just what was happening to them at the time. It was really hard. It was complicated. Well, there was a lot of people that were questioning God. There was a lot of raw emotions and this is a poem, a cry out to God. So I'm in the hospital and I'm sitting there during one of these days and I'm just, man, I'm praying. I'm like, oh man, God, you are so good. And then the next minute I'm like, oh man, I said, you guys know what I'm saying? It's just so up and down. It's just, you're all over the place. But 
God brought me to verses, and God brought me to music, and God brought me to friends, and God brought me to truth. And it's, it's, a, it's a reevaluation. It's something that God had to do in my, my mind to do this. And one of the things that he did is I thought of a verse, and I went to Lamentations, and I read it. Then I started at the top, and I went down. I started at the top, and I went down, and I did it over and over again as I'm going through this. And it was a cry out to God, but it's not a pretty cry out to God. It's real, it's raw, it's transparent. They, they, were, they were lamenting to God. They were voicing how they felt or what they were going through. It was anguish, it was bitterness, it was being upset. Let me tell you, a lot of times we're not real with God, but God already knows you're upset. God already knows you're afraid. And we're sitting there saying, well, I'm going to hold this back because I don't want God looking at me different. God's like, I already see that. I see the inner parts of your heart. I know your mind, I know your thoughts. I already see that. What God is looking for is humility, where we sit there and say, you already know it, so here it is, and I'm just going to be truth and honest before God and just be transparent with him because he already knows. This is not actually what was going on. This is how they felt. Please keep that in mind as we read this. Verse 1, I am the man that hath seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He hath led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. For darkness, it's the description that, where am I? What's going on? What's happening? You're feeling your way around. You're, you're insecure. You're, you're afraid. Darkness brings fear. Darkness brings question. It's, it's, you're afraid to move forward. Nothing makes sense. You can't comprehend. It's not light. In the light, you can, you can make sense of things. Surely against me is he turned. He turneth his hand against me all the day. It's, you begin to question God, saying, well, what, wait a minute. God, I'm not running from you. I'm not Jonah. I'm not mad at you. I'm, I'm doing the right thing. My kids are doing the right thing. God, well, why, why are you doing this? I don't understand. It doesn't comprehend. It doesn't make sense. I sing songs. You're the good, good father. And this doesn't feel like a good, good father. My flesh and my skin have made me old. He has broken my bones. This is a physical description. Can, can I tell you, when they come back in, in the middle of the night and they check his vitals, and all of a sudden, four nurses come in simultaneously and they lift up his bed and they call for an EKG, and, and all, all this is happening in the middle of the night, and I, I, picture, I posted a picture online and it was blue, and some people thought maybe it was just that. It was, the, it was like a, a, a light that they turn on in the middle of the night to try to keep him at rest and be able to check his vitals is what was going on. And they're running an EKG, and his blood pressure was dropping. And, and you know, let me tell you, as a dad and as a mom, you, it, it's not just a mental battle. I, I'm sick to my stomach. I hurt. It, it, it's literally like, like just, just I, I can't even describe it. It just overcomes you in this pain. He's saying, my, my bones hurt. Verse 7, he hath hedged about me I, that I cannot get out. He had made my chain heavy. He, he, he said, I, I just can't get out of this. He, I, I've gone through bad things and I've gone through dark things before. And I'm telling you, you guys too, but when you wake up and it's there and you wake up and it's there and you wake up, it's there. It's like, I can't get out of this. It's not praying and going away. Actually, you're, you're praying and a lot of times it's just getting worse. He said, my chain is heavy. I, I, I've got a chain on me. I'm, 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 tra I'm trapped. I'm bound to this. Just let it go away, God. Nothing is happening. He said, and then also when I cry I sh and shout, 
There's a different prayer when you're going through a valley. It's not the same. And I, and I pray, it's like, Pastor Tony, will you pray over the meal? Yeah, God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this food. Bless, 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 bless. Let's eat. You know, you know it's like we, we get into those routines and stuff. Sometimes you can pray at night and you, you, you bow your head and just be with our kids and help everything to go well. But let me tell you, let me read again. He hath, he, also, when I cry and shout, he shutteth out my prayer. This is, this is yelling at God. There's nights that I would go home and grab things that we needed from the house. And that was my time to be alone because I needed to yell at God. I just needed to get it off my chest. I had to like, I'm not yelling at God. I'm not saying that. I was like, man, you, but just to be honest and be just like, okay, this hurts. It hurts. What are you doing? And does it make sense? And this is heavy. And, and I, I, I can't go back in the room feeling like this. And I've got to get these thoughts out of my mind. I can't. It, it's my, my, he had made my chain heavy. Also, when I cry and I shout, he shutteth out my prayer. It's, I, I, am I done? Because I don't. I'm going to walk back into the same mess, so are you even listening? This is a passive prayer life that God is trying to bust us out of. You know what I'm saying? And I, I don't know if it's been with any of you, but I can tell you it's been with me. It's, and I'm not saying, I'm not telling you I was some sort of rebel pastor that went off the day. You know what I'm saying? I went like, man, this guy was terrible. You know, it's like, I'm just being honest that sometimes you can get into a holding pattern. You need to just get comfortable. Verse 11, he had turned aside my ways. He had pulled me in pieces. He had made me desolate. It's literally, he's saying, I'm falling apart. You know, I, I, I started thinking, I'd never want to do another family vacation if I can't do it with my son. I, I, I can't imagine. I don't want to work on my house. If I, I have a house for my kids. Logan's going off to college. We, we, he was wearing the shirt of, that we bought him that, for, for going to college. And all these different things in my mind is just like everything that we had planned is now a mess. Verse 15, he hath filled me with bitterness. He had me, made me drunken with wormwood. His, decide, his description of just being bitter inside and broken inside and mad. And, you know, I, I, I called somebody and said, I'm just being honest. I, I said, I don't know if I like this song, do it again, because I just want to see it once. Now, I, now I'm, I'll explain here in a minute. When you go through pain, your brain disconnects from spiritual things. That's why the Bible is constantly talking about your battle with your flesh and the spirit, things like that. Just, you're just up and down, you're up and down, and you're just, you're just fighting it. Thou hast removed my soul far from peace. I have forgot I forgot prosperity. I, I, there's no calm. There's no rest. Hearing the words of the doctor come in and say, man, I, I hate to tell you guys this. Man, I know you were expecting this. I know we thought that it might be this. And the doctor comes back in and says, we still don't know what it is. And kids his age shouldn't have it. And the, newest, the latest news that we got on Friday, they just said, we're probably going to take him out of children's and move him to James because your son does not have a childhood cancer which blows our mind because the cancer that he's testing for is a category that we can't identify, but it's also a category that should not be in a child. So he said, we've got this double question mark. Why does he have something we can't figure out? Why is it in a kid? It just, just doesn't make sense. And it just, it, it grieves you as you go through this. And verse 18, and I said, my strength 
and my whole perish from God. I, I have nothing. Now, let me explain to you. This is brokenness. And what I've realized is brokenness is not always a bad thing. Actually, brokenness is a very important aspect of it. And, and a lot of times, God is constantly trying to get our attention. He's constantly trying to get us to be revived and renewed and, 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 and passionate for the things of God and reaching people. And we talk about Bible school, and we're like, well, we're busy, and we've got things like that. And God's sitting there saying, no, there's kids that are going to hell and kids that need Jesus Christ and kids that need the gospel. But we're so consumed with things, and I'm not, I'm not beating anybody up. I'm just saying it's easy to get wrapped up in the things of the world and lose our attention on things that matter for all of eternity. And, and brokenness brings you to the point where, honestly, God begins to pull things out of your life. Like, I, I need good news, and it's not good news. And I need it to be a simple cancer. It's not a simple cancer. And, and I, I need them to say we were wrong, and it's just an infection, and it's not true. But I've learned that brokenness drives you to your knees. And everything that you were leaning on and everything that you were hoping on, God keeps pulling them away until at the end of it, we realize that, God, you're all that I have. And God says, that's all that you need. And that's been from the very beginning, but you were so consumed with everything else that you had and all of your plans that you got your attention off of what you truly needed. And brokenness brings it into our lives. I'm not saying that God is punishing me. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that God gave my kid cancer. The world of this cursed world gave my kid cancer. It's heavy. Prophets lamenting. It's a storm that hovers over you. It's a dark cloud and it stinks. It shakes you. It breaks you. And all of a sudden you're, you're, you're questioning everything. You're viewing everything different Things are beginning to come alive. It's, it's a good thing to go through. Let me tell you, everything that I described, if you've been there, if you've not been there, and that God brings you through there, it's not a bad thing. Although it's extremely uncomfortable because what I did is I realized through this that every song that I listen to, I'm holding on to every word. Every time I'm reading my Bible, I'm looking for promises of God that I can claim and hold on to. Every time somebody said, hey, I don't want to bug you, but here's a verse, I'm like, you're not bugging me. Send me verses. I, I need that right now because honestly, I can't listen to the doctors and all of them that are telling me this. I need to be listening to the truth because my mind is filled with lies right now. I'm consumed with this. God greatly desires to have our attention. And I tell you, sometimes in our life, when God says, I'll sing you a preacher, and we, we, we just kind of glazed over during the message, and I'll give you a new song, and we're like, oh, those are great, or we're singing another song, and all this, and then all of a sudden, God can do something like give cancer in your family, or, or, or the idea that maybe you could lose your child, and all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, 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 and God's saying, why does it take that to get your attention? Because he's the good father, and he's the great God, and he's mighty, and he's the miracle worker all through this time, but why does it take brokenness to get our attention? The psalmist was testifying about brokenness. He said, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are a broken heart, and saveth such that are of a contrite spirit. The contrite means crushed. 
God says, I'm right there because all of a sudden you're not sitting there going, well, what do you guys think? And do you guys think you have a good regiment to help my kid? And like, I need you guys and woe is me and everything. But when you're sitting there saying, God, I can't do this and I need you. And it's always been you all of a sudden. God says, I'm right there. I've always been right there. I've been waiting all this time for you to reach out to the father that has the answers. He's nigh unto them that are a broken spirit. Brokenness takes away cliche Christianity. I worship different, I listen to songs different, I read my Bible different, I pray different. Brokenness brings an awakening. There's a pivot that transitions in this passage. There's a shift in verse 21. This is what it's all about, and this is what God did in my heart. And like I just said, just I'm learning, I'm learning. But I know that I'm not on this journey alone. Can I tell you guys and everybody watching online right now, I'm not on this journey alone because God allowed me as a pastor to be the one to carry this with my family, which literally means that as I come to the pulpit, what's going to come out of my heart and minds is going to be the things that God's teaching me through this. I, it, was, it was intentional uh, uh, of the strategy of God using something through this. And let me tell you right now, I believe that God is big time at work through my kid's life. I believe that God is getting the attention of people all over the world. I believe that using a child in this, this situation has really broken us as parents. And I, I know that all things work together for good. Why? To them that love God. To, why? For them that are called according to his purpose. God has a purpose that changes my attitude and gives me confidence to know that God's not just being mean to me, that God has a, a plan for us through this. So here's the change. Here's the pivot. Here's the shift he said in verse 21, this I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. All that we read before was in the flesh, but I had to get to the point where I had to recall because I sing the songs and I read the verses and I preach the messages and all these things, but all of a sudden in that dark cloud, my mind is just thinking of all the negative and God says, you've got to recall to your mind all the things that God truly is. You've got to meditate. That's why the Bible talks about meditate, meditate, meditate. Think on these things. And a lot of times we, we, we will get in our cars and we'll sit there and jam out to some country music about losing your dog and your girlfriend and I love beer and, uh, we're, we're, and our minds are not meditating on the things in the spirit of God. But it's important because we're, we're people that our minds instantly gravitate towards negative and we need to be reminded this whole verse is you need to put into your brain truth if you're going to make it through hardships. That's why communion is important. Do this in remembrance of me. You need to be reminded of the goodness of God. You need to be reminded of the power of God. Music is important. And when, when we do that, we should be recalling to our minds the greatness of God, not repeating words and not just going through it because Matt says we should be praising God, but we praise him because God reminds us that he is awesome and wonderful. But if we get away from that, we're getting away from what God wants us to have in our lives and we become apathetic and everything becomes cliche and empty and pathetic in our Christian lives. Yeah. Then we become no good to the world around us. I recall to my mind, I'm going to rehearse this truth. He, he said in Psalms, I will meditate also on thy works and talk of thy doings. I'm going to, I'm going to put it in my head. I'm going, to, I'm going to do this. But what was he say? He said, I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. Do you understand that when we begin to think about funerals and death and despair and all that other stuff, it's because we forgot to recall to our minds the truth. Did you see that? 
I recall to my mind, I need to bring to my mind this truth, and all of a sudden it sparks hope in our lives. Let me tell you, that word hope means so much more to me than ever before. Hope is a word that means that God is at work. It means that it's not over yet. And I don't care what anybody says, God has the final say. It's not over yet. God is the one that has the final say in that. That's why God says, by the way, I am the Alpha and the Omega. You know what that means? I'm the beginning and the end. I'm at the end that says and declares what, how this ends. And it's God that declares those things. Hope means that this can change. Hope means that there could be things happening that I don't see and understand. And I truly believe, even through this, that the fact that we just got the, the results back from the Mayo Clinic that they sent out for the molecular DNA study of that, and they came back and they said, we still don't know. You know what that does? It reminds me that God's saying through all of this, they don't know, but I know. They don't have the answer because I think sometimes if they were to come back with the answer, I would turn around and say, thank you, God. What were you saying? And I'm not saying that I'm not doing that with the doctor. I'm not like, like get out of here, doctor. We have Jesus. So, you know, I was like... But my confidence is not in the doctor because they still have question marks. And I think part of our journey is the fact that, man, I'm going to teach you through this that God is your portion. God is everything that you need. God is your high tower. He's the one that you run to because he's the one that never lets you down. What sparks hope in the midst of darkness? It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Truths that spark hope. I'm just have two points that God showed me in the hospital and I just want to share with, with you. Number one, God's mercies do not fail. A lot of times I didn't understand this because when I thought of mercy in the Bible, I thought of the definition that we give that is the most common definition of the New Testament, which is withholding punishment that is deserved. Give mercy. Or like, I'm going to let you go. Okay, thank you for showing me mercy. But mercy is also like love in the Bible where it's got a lot of definitions. And one of the definitions is the, means the kindness or the character or the lovingness of God. He's describing, he said, my mercies, my kindness, the character, everything that you know about me doesn't fail. It's going to show up. It's going to be there every morning. And, and, and what God's going to do, he says, his mercies are not consumed. His kindness is not over. When they transfer you from the ER to the ICU and you're walking in that room saying, why are we in here? His mercies are there. When you walk in the, wake up in the middle of the night and they're throwing an EKG on your son because they're worried about his heart being stressed, God is there. And God reminds us through all these things and saying, man, I know you throw your hands up in church when you're singing this song, but let me tell you, it's just as true in the dark times that God, you are also right here. You're right here in this moment. You're right here in this dark time. You're right here. Even though my mind is gravitating, I'm, no, I'm scared to death. God says, I'm right there in the moment. God says, my kindness is not done. And he says, why? At the end of that verse, he says, because, he, because his compassions fail not. The word compassions in that passage is talking about an extension of the womb of cherishing a fetus. It's literally talking about how a mom will walk around protecting her, her stomach as she has that baby, that protecting that womb. It's talking about the love that a parent has. It's like his, his compassions, the fact that he is drawn to our hurts and drawn to our cries and drawn to the, the outcries that we have when we're going through hard times compassion, that love doesn't quit. 
We're crying out. We're having a pity party. God's saying and reminding us of this. I thought of this. My mind began to think, and we began to just sit there and say, have you thought of this? We started to begin to think about all the things that he did. It's like we could have been back over here where we could have found out that he had this and, and, and he could have not had a graduation. It could have been during school and he couldn't have finished school. Do you realize that God was good in the fact that God allowed, listen to this, God allowed my son to pass out at church. You say, what is the big deal about that? Can I explain this? My son has not passed out since. But he has the same problem that made him sit down in a comfortable environment at church, non-stressful, and he passed out in that. Can anybody explain that to me? Since then, he has been on over 12 roller coasters. 12 roller coasters. He's been on a road trip. He drove 16 hours, eight hours there, eight hours back by himself with a group of our family. Driving behind the, never passed out, never passed out, never passed out. It was God's way of saying, I need to let you know something's going on there. And I'm going to do it in such a gracious way that's not going to make sense that he's literally going to fall over on, on the shoulder of the guy next to him rather than while he's driving a car or alone in his bed. You say, why is that? Because my God is good. He's faithful in his kindness. And my God's mercies are new every single day. God does not fail. But I'll tell you what, if I'm not careful, I can be so consumed with like, here's where we're at. And God says, don't forget where I'm taking you from. Don't forget the goodness that I've given you over and over again. Every aspect of this trip, every detail of this was on purpose. Tony right here, you guys will understand this. Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, I can't even remember when it was now. We had starting point. I teach starting point, the first class of it, me and Chris do every time we do that. I went to Chris and I said, today's Jenny's birthday. And I said, I just have it on my heart that I need a family day. Do you remember that? I told you that. I said, I, I need a family day. I said, I, I, we could have done this another time. I just feel like with the, the things going on right now, and it's Jenny's birthday. So I said, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to not teach starting point. So I, I went to Chris and I said, will you teach? And I popped in the class and I went before them and everybody that was in that class will understand. And I said, hey, Today's my wife's birthday. God laid it on my heart that I need to spend the day with my wife and kids. We spent the whole day doing an escape room, going out to lunch, going out to dinner. We went out for coffee. We went out for ice cream. We hung out. We went back to the house. We had a great time. This picture right here is a picture of the night before we found out that Logan was diagnosed with cancer. Hours later, we were in the ICU being strapped to machines and running tests and scheduling biopsies. Why did God tell me the night before, spend time together as a family, when I've never, ever done that before in that way? Because his mercies are faithful in every aspect of our life to set us up to say, I'm good and I'm kind. But you know how easy it is to get distracted from those things and just to think that God's not at work? This verse came alive to me. I have to remind myself of the goodness of God. I, I, I can't, can't dwell on the negative of these things. And there's another verse that I was reading or that God brought to my mind. It's like every single day I'd wake up and I can't handle the journey. Can I tell you guys right now that I can't handle this journey? Amen. Some of you are like, whoa, whoa. See, 
I cannot handle this journey. I figured that out. My mind gravitates down the road and I'm scared to death. I'm thinking about chemo treatments and radiations and they're now talking about in his future could be a major, major surgery coming down the line. I mean, just all these things. Can I tell you I'm not there right now? Do you know where I'm at right now? Right here. Can I tell you last Friday my son's sodium level was down and it was down all week and we did everything to get it. We prayed about that. When they came in, they said, your sodium levels are perfect. Perfect. His heart rate was perfect. His, his, all these different things that just came in and I'm like, what's going on? And God says, right now, Tony, let me explain to you that right now my mercies are new every day. So stop worrying about tomorrow because you're not in tomorrow. And by the way, when you get tomorrow, his mercies will be new then too. But my job right now, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in this because this is where God is with me right now. And I've learned this. Let, let, let me show you guys something. Because along the way, this journey, sometimes when we go through journeys in life, when we go through paths of life, it's easy. It is so easy for like, God, please, 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 please. And all of a sudden, God answers the prayer. And we're just like right back to our old ways. We're right back to our apathy, right back to our old ways of praying and stuff like that. I believe that God's teaching me and teaching us along this journey. But this is what I've learned that is so important on this. As, the, as his mercies are new every day, and I step into his grace and into his mercy, and I learn the things that God's doing in that moment to show me that he's alive. I've got an obligation. You have an obligation. Because God says, what are you going to do in that spot? What are you going to do in that spot? Do you know what we're supposed to do when we step into grace? But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You realize that God's saying right now, he stops me. He says, whoa, whoa, don't, don't go any further. You're, you're right here right now. What are you learning? I'm learning that I prayed really hard for that, and you answered yes. What else are you learning? Lord, I'm learning about you, that when my mind drifts to negative places, I get in a bad spot. When I start listening to you, all of a sudden I have hope, sparks hope. What else are you learning right now? I'm learning that I have a church family that has my back. I'm learning that God's faithfulness is new. He says, okay, you know what? That's what we're supposed to do is grace we learn. We step into grace and we learn. You know what that does too? It makes me stronger for whatever this is coming the next day. Amen. And a lot of times we waste grace. We do. We have it. And it's like, woo, thank you, God. And God says, well, no, no, wait, wait a minute. Grow in grace and in a knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Your whole job of doing this in this moment is to grow to find out who he is and how faithful he is. And I don't even think it's just for me. That's for me to get on Facebook and to get on, in church and to get online and stuff like that and say, let me tell you what God has done. Because I can tell you what this journey is all about. It's all about the glory of God. It's all about the glory of God. It says in the next verse, in verse 24, the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. He literally says in that passage, the Lord is my portion. The Lord is everything that you need. And all the times that we sit there and we gravitate to look into everything else, God sits there and says, hey, have you not realized, and this is what I want you to do, is you realize that mercies are new every day, that God is everything that you possibly need. We still don't know what's going on with my son. I don't know. 
It it's, can be the craziest thing when the doctor literally is sitting there and he's sitting in that room on Friday and he says, I'll be honest. He said, we've ran every test. Mayo Clinic has run every test. He said, we know what it's not. But he said, all it does is your classification keeps getting put into a box that we are still don't know. Do you know what we do in a time like that? You do. God, you know. So I thank you for allowing me not to put my confidence in them, but to look at you and say, you are my portion. You, you, you are all that I need. So he, he brings out this mercy of God, but then he talks about this, that this is hard. I don't like this verse. He says about how God is working in the waiting. He says this, he says, the Lord is good unto them that wait for him. To the soul that seeketh him. It is good that man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. God is working in the waiting. You know what? Something that God brought to my mind is I'm waiting and waiting and waiting throughout this. It's something that God told Abraham to sacrifice his son after a three-day journey. Can you imagine every single day walking, looking at your son, knowing that you're going to lose him or, you know, all the things that are going on? And I've realized this, that God makes us wait because in the waiting, we lose all control. You know what I'm saying? What can we do? What, we, what do we need to do to fix this today? I mean, do we need to run another test? We need to do another treatment? And the doctor comes in and says, listen, there's nothing left that we can do at this moment. All we can do is wait. But you know what waiting does? Waiting means that we step back and we take our hands off the situations because we're so good at controlling everything. If you're waiting on something right now, it's probably because God's trying to teach you in the waiting. He's teaching you that you don't have this. You've got to trust. You've got to trust because I don't know what's coming. And he says in this passage, he said, the Lord is good unto them that wait for him. God is literally saying, I'm going to do good things through this, through all of this. When you wait, all you can do is trust and trust in God as you wait. And God's mercies are showing himself true to all, every bit of this. Verse 25 again. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. I think that's the key to this. It's a matter of the brokenness drives us to our knees and it lifts up our hands and saying, God, what are you doing? Can I tell you guys right now that I don't know what God is doing, but I know that God is doing something. And it's not just in my life. It's not just in Logan's life. It's not just in Jenny and Jordan's. Logan's all of our lives. I, I know that. I, I, I think God is doing something to bring a wave of revival. And I, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize my situation that I'm going through. I just know that God has been so good through every aspect of it of showing and saying, hey, this is me, this is me, this is me. And I don't understand this. But it's a matter of being a check my heart as a pastor to say, Tony, what do you want God to do? And Tony, is God good in the valley? And Tony, is God faithful? And Tony, do you still believe that I'm awesome? God, your mercies are new every day. I step into them every single day. I have no idea what to expect. My son had a procedure, and every time he has a procedure, my mind is going wild just because it's a matter of like, we're going to check his bones because he might have cancer in his bones. I'm like, not one more thing. They're pushing him. We get off the elevator. And there's a lady that's just standing there. Don't know her from anybody. And she says, you're Logan. 
I'm praying for you. And walks away. I don't know who she was. She recognized my son in the middle of us being wheeled off there. I, 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 God's mercies are new every day when there's two to 300 crazy church people that show up in the front of the hospital to praise God and cry out prayers to where the entire hospital noticed you guys. I'm not saying one or two, but you guys know that you scheduled there that during shift change. Did anybody know that you did that? Do you know that when the doctor came in the next day, they were like, I get to treat Logan. I said, how do you, what, what do you mean by that? They said, everybody's talking about Logan right now. It's his church that showed up to pray for him. I went out that night, came back that night. I'm walking through the door and all the security guards are there. And they were like, what's up, Logan's dad? I said, how did you know I'm Logan's dad? They said, we all know who you are. They said, we saw, we saw you standing there holding your wife's hand as you watched your church pray over you. That, that security guard would sit at that door. And every day that I came in, he was like, hey, praying for your son. We're in this together. It stirred him up. What? A bunch of people showing up to sing in the parking lot of Children's Hospital. I'm in the hospital. I'm walking to Logan's room, and the lady stops me at the desk, and she says, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? She said, you don't know me from anybody, but I want you to know that I saw your son on Facebook, and I'm a believer, and I'm praying for your boy. I walk into the room, and the lady comes in, and the night nurse, and she walks in, and she says, I know you're Logan. She said, I'm from Lancaster. My parents' church is praying for you. They told me when I get to work, if I see you, to tell you that we're praying for you. God's mercies are new every single day. Every single day. I know you guys have heard this story, but can I just tell it again? My son could not sleep because he's coughing so much. He had to slump down and lay sideways and he'd lay his head off the edge of the bed and to even fall asleep. And we were talking to the doctor and says, is there anything you can do, anything you can do just to help him sleep with this cough? And they said, listen, the cough is caused by cancer. We cannot stop that until the cancer's out. We come back, I get on Facebook and I said, I know it's cancer, but I need people to pray right now that my son's cough is relieved so that he can sleep no joke. And I know this sounds like something you'd read something far off. It's, we walk in there. Logan is sleeping on his back. Jenny's standing there crying. She said, he's not coughed for two straight hours. We're like, and you say, that's not a big deal. It was only two hours. His mercy was new in that moment. The doctor came in the next day and said, I heard you had a good night and you weren't coughing as much and you got to sleep on your back when you were going through that. And the lady was like, well, I'm glad because I suggested that medicine he had last night and it obviously worked. We said, we didn't even know he had new medicine. They said, yeah. Said he went to new medicine. It was like, and I looked over at Jenna and I said, well, still a miracle because God used that medicine to do that. Lady leaves. Lady comes back. I'm sorry. That prescription never made it to his record. Um, we don't know why he's not coughing. We don't know why he's not coughing. We were, last Tuesday, I was in that room and they were, they, his elevation, his heart enzymes were up and they came in and they said, we're going to send him down for a test and to check his heart. I said, why, why are you doing this? 
They said, there's a chance that the mass has grown since you started chemo. And we need to make sure that this stress on his heart is not caused from that. I get up and my phone buzzes and we're walking down to get the test. And a pastor comes on my phone and says, you don't know me, but God told me to pray right now for whatever you're dealing with. You say, wow, a lot of coincidence. No, that is the mercy of God. No, no, the kindness of a passionate, loving father saying that I'm with you. Great is thy faithfulness. I get home and I'm on my bed and I cannot sleep. I am thinking, my son just went through so much and he had doctors and nurses and everybody in so much and the tests and all the things that they were doing. And I thought, Lord, I can't sleep. Man, I just, I, I, nobody's watching him. And, and I'm going through and Facebook has just been overloaded and if you're the person that sent me this message is watching right now, I praise God for you. And a lady came on Facebook and said, you don't know me, but I just saw that you're home. She said, can I tell you that God woke me up and said for me to stay up tonight so that you can sleep and I'm praying for your boy while you sleep. You say, what is God doing? I don't know. I don't know what God is doing. But I know that God is good and God is faithful and God's making no mistakes every step that I take. But I know this, that if you've not come to the place in your life of brokenness, that maybe you are going through this journey with us because God's trying to wake you up and shake you up for something big that he wants to do in all of our lives. But I ask you to listen to the spirit of God as he does this. Don't make this journey that we're going through in vain. Make sure that God gets the glory. Make sure that we point to the healer and the miracle worker. Make sure that you respond as God working in your heart. I pray and ask you as church people and people watching online, get a hold of God. Don't pray apathetic. Don't go through the motions. Don't just sit there and zone out. Worship our Savior. Lift up your hands. Shout the name of God. Break on who God is. Love your babies. Enjoy every day of grace that you have. Because there might be a storm coming in that you're not expecting. But let me tell you, if you do, your great God will have such deep grace that you will never, ever be alone without it.